Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk, a new series of candid conversations covering the issues facing freelance professionals today. I'm Tom Rizzo, your host, managing director and founder of Plectrum Advisors, an investment advisory firm based in Los Angeles. On each episode of Let's Talk, I'll be speaking with some of the most plugged in experts to help you and me make sense of today's changing environment and to help you be smarter about how to approach work and life. So let's get started. Today's guest on Let's Talk is Mitch Glickman. Mitch is well known to the music community in and around Los Angeles. He's the musical director of the Symphonic Jazz Orchestra, a 68-piece ensemble dedicated to the performance and development of music that combines jazz and orchestral elements. He's also founded an extraordinary program to bring music education to schools that don't have a program, and it's currently offered in many schools in the Los Angeles area. He's also the head of the Jazz at LACMA Live Performance Series at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, which brings audiences weekly concerts featuring members of the Los Angeles-based jazz community. And if that's not enough, he also hosts two great radio programs, both broadcast on KJAZZ 88.1 and live streamed at jazzandblues.org worldwide. I've known Mitch for a long time and have had the honor of working for and with him, both as a teacher in the Music in the Schools program, as a musician in his symphonic jazz orchestra concerts, and as a featured artist in the LACMA Jazz Series. I'm so happy to be able to have Mitch on the program today so that he can share all the great things he's doing with you. Welcome, Mitch. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk. I'm really excited today to have my good friend and colleague, Mitch Glickman, here today. Uh, many of you in Los Angeles uh, know Mitch and know about Mitch. Uh, he's a very unique individual and does so many different things in the community, um, things that are uh, both enriching lives of children, enriching the lives of jazz lovers, and he does a lot of things just to bring awareness to um, the arts. And uh, everybody in the music community, uh, I'm sure is well aware of Mitch, and, and we're hoping today to be able to um, uh, talk to him a little bit more in depth about some of the things that he does and some of the, uh, the great things he's doing in Los Angeles. So it's my great pleasure to introduce uh, Mitch Glickman. Mitch, thanks so much for joining us today. Always good to be with you, Tom. So this is fun. You know, I've, uh, I've had the, the honor and the pleasure of working for and with Mitch on, uh, in several capacities. Uh, one is with his uh, music program in the schools. And I'm going to have Mitch talk a little bit about that program and how it works. And then the other where uh, Mitch has brought me in as a featured artist on his LACMA Jazz series at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. So um, uh, if, if that wasn't enough, Mitch also has two radio shows that he does. And we're going to talk to Mitch a little bit about that. I like wearing lots of different hats. What can I say? Well, that's good. And you do it so well, Mitch. So, <laughs> so let's, let's start. Give me, give me a little bit of overview about these, uh, these different things that you're, that you're doing and uh, share with the audience a, a little bit about what they are and how they work. 
Well, the baby, our third child, as my wife will tell you, is the Symphonic Jazz Orchestra. So that started 2001. It's a nonprofit group. And it's what I like to say, it's a little 68-piece jazz band. So basically, take a full symphony orchestra, take a jazz band, fuse them together, and that's what it's all about. So we do concerts, a lot of free concerts in the community. Actually, I think, didn't you do the concert with Tommy Davidson? I, I did, yeah. 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 So you were part of that as well. But it's really all the best studio players in town. So we do a lot of commissioning, a lot of new music, giving composers the chance to kind of blend these two worlds. So we have a commissioning program. We've had all kinds of different composers um, premiered. My partner, sadly, who's passed away since was George Duke for about 10 years. Um, he left us with an amazing piece of music he wrote for us and Christian McBride, a bass concerto. So if you're not familiar with that, go check it out. It's on Mac Avenue Records. So that was an amazing gift. So that's one of probably our big highlights of our commissions. But we've commissioned all kinds of people from young up and coming composers to well-established composers. So it's a lot of fun. We have some great guest artists. We've worked with Lee Rittenauer, Dave Grusin, um, as I mentioned, Christian McBride, George performed with us a lot. So it's a really a lot of fun and something very unique in this country. Where, um, where do these concerts uh, take place? Like, uh, so that uh, when people hear- Yeah, so our home base is the Carpenter Performing Arts Center, the Richard and Karen Carpenter Performing Arts Center, which is on the campus of Cal State Long Beach, just off the 405 freeway. So actually pretty easy to get to from anywhere in Southern California. So obviously it's been a little bit quiet these last couple of years with the quarantine, but hopefully we'll start reemerging soon and get back to music making, which I can't wait for. That's a, um, I've, I've played on some of those concerts and I've seen some of them and uh, they're really a, a very unique construction uh, that you really don't see in any of the other kinds of concerts. So um, talk a little bit about the commission process, Mitch. How, how does that work and how do you, how do you find the, um, the person that uh, you're gonna commission to and, and how does the creative process work there? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. So sjomusic.org, I'll put it out there. That's the website, sjo, because nobody can spell symphonic jazz orchestra, sjomusic.org. There's actually a new program, not that new, it's about six years old now. We partnered with the ASCAP Foundation. So every year with the ASCAP Foundation, we open our, we open things up so that any composer across the country basically can submit a, an application for this competition. So myself along with our music advisory committee, which is all the top music makers in LA, or actually across the country, we sit out and we hash it out because there's so many great composers out there. And this is such a rare opportunity for a composer to blend these worlds and have it heard in concert. We're the, basically the only ones in the country doing what we do. So through this foundation, it's a $5,000 cash honorarium. We do this actually in honor of George every year. So it's a great way to continue. It gives us a great introduction to composers we may not know about. So it's really a wonderful opportunity. Sadly, we're backlogged right now because we haven't performed in a while. But yeah, we've had a lot of great composers come through here. Um, I'm trying to think, Remy LaBeouf, um, Alan Chan, 
Um, Daniel Zabo have been some of our recent winners these last couple of years. So it's been a lot of fun premiering their works in concert. So they get to hear it and take it and run. That's fantastic. And uh, if there are uh, people out there that are uh, watching or listening uh, and are interested in um, helping you fund these kinds of things, how do they get, um, how do they become a part of that process, Mitch? So sjomusic.org. So there is a tab that talks about the commissioning program. So if you're a composer, check that out. If you want to make a donation, there's a great donate button. Just go, it takes you through the PayPal process. So we have all kinds of programs where you can support. We have a way where you can basically underwrite a student in our music in the schools program. Um, you can underwrite a class, you can underwrite a school. So there's all different kinds of ways we get foundation support, government grants, the usual nonprofit stuff. That's fantastic. Well, I can, I can personally attest to um, what a great uh, creative and artistic experience this is, uh, having uh, participated yeah. in, uh, in a couple of these things. You, you brought me in and actually you, you had my, uh, when we had Tommy Davidson was your host, uh, we brought my daughter into uh, my daughter Anne Marie to sing yeah. on one of those. And, you know, this is something that is uh, both very inclusive of you know the music community and uh, you know you have such high standards in terms of uh, the, the level of uh, artistic accomplishment and uh, and talent in these things. It's really a it's it's really a fantastic fantastic yeah. thing. So anybody it's out there, I, I, it is fun. It is fun. It's, it turns orchestra concerts into fun yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's really great. So you touched on a little bit. Um, uh, another thing I'd like you to talk about, and that's your music in the schools program. And uh, 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 you brought me in a couple of years ago, maybe it's been three years ago or so now. It's been a while, yeah. Uh, as, a, uh, as a teacher in this program. And, and uh, I, I have to say, um, it, it was one of the most rewarding experiences I've had, surprised me really. Um, it was, I, I think, the, the age that I was teaching was second grade in Culver mm -hmm. City schools. And I, I have to say it was, it was shockingly just a fantastic thing to do. So do you want to talk a little bit about this program and how you started it and what it does and that kind of thing? Yeah, so the orchestra started in 2001. Our school program started in 2006. We had done a lot of one-off programs, some assemblies and workshops and master classes at different schools. We went to one school. This was down in the Watts community. We brought some of the members. We can't fit all 68 members in a elementary school auditorium. And did a little concert. And the kids were amazing. I have never seen an audience ever as raptured as they were by this group. They were so into it, so appreciative. And afterwards, I went to the principal. I said, this is truly touching. I mean, this was amazing concert. I was wondering, are the kids always like this for these concerts? And she kind of looked at me strangely and she said, this is the first concert they've had in 17 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, my heart just dropped. It's like, oh my goodness. And this is the norm. So there's a swatch of the community, South Central LA area, where there's been no music program for decades, generations. And the more I learned about that, the more it's like, all right, we can't be everything to everybody, but let's make a dent here. And so this is actually where we started building our program. So it started um, residencies, which is what you do. It's a year-long program. So you were teaching artists for our Bach to Bebop, 
gives them 400 years of music. It's great, turns them into music listeners. And then they, you can talk about this too, become composers. They all write a blues song. So we really get into the American music part of it. It's a big part of our program. So the blues and jazz, obviously, are a big part of what that's all about. So we do everything for classical music all the way up to American music, which obviously focuses on blues and jazz. And then they actually write their own blues songs at class. They perform it for their whole school. So it's a very intense program. And that's where we started this school program. And now from that became basically TK through fifth grade. So now there's curriculum unique, scaffolded curriculum for every grade in elementary school. We started with four classrooms in 2006. We now have 137 classrooms in five school districts and 13 schools all across LA County. Wow. So we're in the Watts community, Compton, Lenox, Los Angeles, Culver City, and Long Beach. Wow, wow. And who are, who are your teachers? So we have teaching artists, great musicians like yourself, and again, these are young, usually, well, I shouldn't say that. These are wonderful musicians who actually have a great passion for education. Because as I tell them quite often, I actually don't care how good you are as a musician. It's the passion for the teaching that's so important. So some of the communities that we work with are challenging from all different kinds of demographic backgrounds. So it really has that passion to work with these students, to be there for these students week after week. So we have these great, great musicians who do have this background in education. So they work with them. And again, these are year long programs, once a week, 30 minute classes. And then some of the programs culminate in a big performance at the end of the year. So yeah, it's very challenging and incredibly rewarding because they are sponges and they are open to anything. And there is no limitation to what they can do. They can sign language, America the Beautiful as kindergartners. They can write their own blue songs as second graders. They can understand, um, you know, all kinds of you know intricate social and musical connections in fourth and fifth grade. We have a program called Music of the World and Music of America. So we tie music into the social studies curriculum. So again, there's nothing that they can't do. Don't put any limitations on them, and they will rise to the occasion every time. Yeah, I, I agree. That was that was my experience. I, I could share a little anecdote. I, yeah. I, don't know if I, I don't know if I even ever told you about this, but um, so these were second graders that I was working in, and, and there were, I don't know, somewhere between 30 and 35 of them in the room at a time. And I'd go in, usually an hour a week, I guess, and, and I'd bring a guitar. And one of the, the very first things we did, we'd, we'd do a little warm up by vocalizing, and mm -hmm. we'd sing solfege, which is like do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Always. Right? We'd sing it. And so I'd put the guitar on and I'd hit middle C on the guitar and I'd say, you know, everybody sing that note. That was for the first couple of weeks. And then in the third or fourth week, I would ask for a volunteer. I said, who would like to be the person that sings this note that I'm going to give you? And, and to try to encourage some of them to step up from it. And, you know, everybody would raise their hand. Oh, me, me, me. And then in the fifth week, I did an experiment. I said, who remembers what middle C sounds like. Oh, wow. Everybody raise your hand. 80% of them could give me the note after hearing it for five or six weeks. Interesting. So talk about sponges in yeah. terms of understanding and taking things in. So they were, they were relating to this pitch 
as they'd relate to color. You'd show them the color red and then the next week say, which mm -hmm. one of these is red? They had the same, it, it was shocking to me because we think of perfect pitch or something like that as, as, as being inhabited by a very small right. number of people and that kind of thing. But boy, if you start people early and you don't give them any expectation or tell them what you're doing, yeah. just say, who remembers what it sounded like? So that was a, uh, a, a nice example of, boy, they are, they're just capable and absorbing things. So um, that's a good experiment. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very interesting. Talk, talk a little bit about, um, I think one of the first ways I got to know you is you brought me in, not as a teacher, but as a performing artist, as part of a blues trio or a jazz trio in this music program. Talk a little bit about how that works, Mitch. Yeah. So in addition to our teaching artists, which are in the classroom every week working with the students, we have guest artists from members of the symphonic jazz orchestra. So these are the great players that don't have time to teach, or maybe not even have an education background, but are just great with kids. So we bring in uh, a blues trio for unit number three. We bring in a string quartet for unit number two, which deals with the classical composers. So we have different live musicians. For the first unit, we introduce members of the orchestra. We bring in a woodwind player, we bring in a brass player, string player, percussion player. So we've had you know people like Ralph Penlin come in with his drum set, and this is somebody who's played with Frank Sinatra and Sarah Vaughn, and he's right there hanging with the kids. They have no idea. Um, and again, you're three feet away from these great musicians, soaking it up, experiencing live music. So these are kind of one-offs. But then the blues trio, which you're in for a lot of years, actually comes back at the end and becomes the backup band for the students when they do an assembly for the school. So they premiere the new songs that they wrote, you know, it might be the Broken Arm Blues, or the Lost in Disneyland Blues, or My Best Friend's Moving Away Blues. Listen, we all get the blues. So they all share those things. And then the band backs them up. We also do some Duke Ellington songs. Um, like you mentioned, Solfege becomes Do Re Mi from The Sound of Music. So they become great performers and composers as well. And they have this killer band that's backing them up. It's such a, you know, it's, it's such a great gift to the kids. I mean, you know, they don't know um, a highly talented musician from somewhere right. who's not. And you're just, without saying anything, you're bringing in people who are really good and it's going into their bones, you know, without telling them that it's really good is here's some players and this just goes in. I, I can remember myself when I was in second and third grade and we'd be exposed to musicians, uh, Boy, I still remember what the sounds were. I remember the articulation. Wow. I mean, I didn't know anything about music, obviously, at, at that age, but I remember the essence of it. And fortunately, they were people who were good. So I got good essence, you know, which, yeah. is, which is what you bring to the kids. I think it's just, it's, it's such, a, such a great thing to uh, expose them to without them. I mean, you don't even make that big a deal about it. It's just, okay, right. these guys are there playing. So it's, 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 it's really a really a wonderful thing. Um, we yeah, play a lot of seeds. And like you had mentioned, you know, for your experience growing up, you have no idea where those seeds are going to grow into. Yeah. yeah. So all we can do is go around and give them a little bit of water. I'll leave with the, the my favorite highlight is one of the projects that happens in this Bach to Bebop program is the students all get to improvise on the blues. So they learn about structure. That's how they write their songs. They learn about the 12 bar blues. And we just give them three notes. And these three notes work in any blues sequence. 
so they can't make a mistake. Whatever they do is great. And then we feature one or two of them from each class in this final assembly. So the band is there jamming, doing the 12 bar blues, and the kids are just soloing, improvising. And every now and then, when it clicks, it is pure magic. And you see this beam. And again, they can't articulate what they're doing, but they feel this. And they feel everything line up. And it's really a truly magical program. We also work with the students who have learning disabilities as well. We bring them in so they have, they're with their peers at least once a week. And we've actually got to feature some of those students because they may not be academically on level, but musically, they're right there. And we've been able to feature some of them. There was one student we featured and did this amazing solo. He walked back to his class. His feet did not touch the ground. He was floating. I've never seen a smile like that. Yeah. Just floated back. And these are st students that are not seen, kind of marginalized. Yeah. And now he's brought up and put the spotlight on. And it was really quite magical. Yeah. What a, what a, what a great thing. It's a, and I, again, I can just personally attest to just from my experience, just what a, um, what a, a great environment you've created here. Um, there's, there's structure to it, but it's mostly about getting the kids to, to feel this stuff yeah. and, uh, without them really even knowing what's going on, you know, and, and they're going to, they're going to no doubt carry this with them either consciously or unconsciously for the rest of their lives, you know, so it's, it, it's a, it's a really great thing. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, radio programs that you do, Mitch, uh, and there's more than one. And um, like you don't have enough else going on. You've got yeah, a couple I like to of these. I'm the most overexposed musician <laughs> in my life. It's awful. So, so talk about them. Tell me, tell me, uh, tell yeah, me. Yeah. So there's two programs. So the newest program is a show called Beyond Symphonic Jazz, and it's in partnership with K Jazz, which is the big America's number one jazz station. So 88.1 FM in LA, jazzandblues.org. If you're listening anywhere else, just go on the website. They stream it. So I have fans in Denmark, I have fans in Jersey, I have fans in South Africa, it's, it's trippy. But yeah, that signal goes everywhere. So the show is called Beyond Symphonic Jazz. This is, we're about to go into, I think our fourth season. Can't even remember now. And it's basically putting the spotlight on these great creators who have done a lot of recordings dealing with symphonic jazz. So it could be a string ensemble with a jazz group, it could be a full on, symphony orchestra, but it's people like Chick Corea, who sadly we just lost. I actually got to do a two-part interview with him because he had such a breadth of symphonic jazz works, two concertos, massive works with string quartets, all kinds of stuff, because he loved experimenting in these worlds, which is what we do. Uh, George Benson, Ramsey Lewis, Pat Metheny, John Schofield. It's an amazing list. So we keep basically putting the spotlight and featuring their recordings and interviews and get all their stories. So that's on Monday nights, nine o'clock. Um, we're in reruns right now, but we'll start up again with our new season in the summer. But the cool thing is they're also archived. So if you go to jazzandblues.org under archived, you'll hear every two weeks they get archived. So you can hear the show that you may have missed and the week before, and it keeps rotating. So if you're busy on a Monday night, you can always hear the show. Nice. Here again, really unique, one-of-a-kind experiences. The repertoire, I guarantee, is stuff you have never heard before. These are rare gems 
that deserve a wider audience. And that's what that show is all about. Nice. And my other radio show is Jazz at LACMA, which means I have to put my LACMA hat on. So LACMA is the LA County Museum of Art, which is the largest art museum on the West Coast. And it is undergoing a major transformation right now as we build a new campus, but it has a very robust music program. There's four concert series that we do at the museum. There's a classical series called Sundays Live. I don't do that one, but there's three other series that I do oversee. So the three series that I do produce are Latin Sounds, which is a summer concert series on Saturdays, Art and Music, which is kind of a very special, unique evening concert performances where we bring in people like the Kronos Quartet or Philip Glass, or I even had the Jazz Crusaders there to celebrate the museum's exhibitions. So very unique concerts there. And then the biggest one is something called Jazz at LACMA. These are Friday night concerts, April through November, typically. And then these concerts are also recorded for broadcast on KJazz on Sunday nights, seven o'clock. So I got to have great, I would say that the greatest musicians in the world, they just happen to be from Los Angeles. So Tom, I know you've brought a couple of different groups, some of your larger groups and mm -hmm. some of your smaller groups over the years. So it's really, it's the best of the best. It just happens to be LA centric. So we focus the spotlight on the greatest musicians, our LA finest. So again, there's people like Billy Childs and Tom Rizzo, and we've had the Kenny Burrell, you know, big band there. Um, we do special features. Once a year we do the LA Jazz Treasure Award with the LA Jazz Society. So we've got to honor people like, uh, let's see, Lalo Schifrin and Snooki Young and Wayne Shorter and all these legends to say thank you basically and to feature them and their music and do a special concert for them. So it's a really great gathering. And these are free concerts right there in the open area in the museum. So we get thousands of people every week and then those shows become broadcasts. I do a short interview with them on the break. So it's a lot of fun to really, again, put the spotlight on LA's best. You know, it's, it's from the artist standpoint, uh, I've, uh, you've had me in several times with, with several, several different ensembles that I've brought. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, the jazz musician in Los Angeles, maybe it's like this in every city, I don't know, but um, it's difficult for us to attract a large audience. Um, I mean, you can have superstar players and, uh, and really great music and really well-rehearsed and well-accomplished things. It's difficult to draw a large crowd. It's, it's kind of the nature of jazz in, you know, the modern world. And when you come to do one of the LACMA nights, there's literally a thousand people assembled there. They may not know who the particular artist is right. necessarily, but they trust Mitch is going to bring something really good in here and it's free mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's a party and let's go check out the music. So it, it almost reminds me of, you know, 400 years ago, the way things used to work where somebody would curate that people would respect the curator and say, mm -hmm. well, I may not know the artist, but I know this is going to be good. So I want to go. It's a, so from an artist standpoint, not from the audience standpoint, from the artist standpoint, it's a fantastic opportunity to bring an audience that's eager and ready to listen and let's see what you got. And it, it really turns into a, a really spectacular experience for the performers. Uh, I can yeah, attest to that personally. It's a, truly a great audience who comes with open ears. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we get some of the out, quote unquote, out jazz musicians that are a little bit more experimental. 
and they're right there with them. Yeah. And yeah. We have a little bit more of the contemporary jazz. Whatever it is, it's done at a high level. Yeah. They will enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a great service. And it, it's, uh, um, I, I, I wish more people were doing that kind of thing, you know, of, of presenting that. So we're from the, uh, the performing community, you know, we're all really grateful that you're, you know, you're continuing to do this, Mitch. Uh, is, I assume this didn't happen at all last year. Is that right? And what are the, what are the question. plans? Yeah. So what do you do when you can't perform? So we ended up doing this hybrid thing called Meet the Musician. So it was a Zoom concert, but basically I would interview and then we would play some videos um, and then the artists would do basically solo numbers, a solo performance from wherever they were. So all done safely. Um, this year, starting next month, we'll be able to do special concerts at the museum, but no audience. So we'll still tape it, put it out. So once a week, you get to go to Jazz at LACMA. Obviously not the same. But it's a way to get the bands back and working nice. and together and safe. So these are actually, we're only doing up to quartets. So nothing larger than that. So everybody can be socially distanced and safe. Nice. So we'll see. And we'll see how the year progresses. Who knows? Maybe by the end of the year, we'll have an audience. Yeah. Yeah, we're all hoping, right? I mean, this is, uh, uh, this is a year of hope here, right? We've got the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. And and everybody's, uh, everybody's hoping here. Uh, well, Mitch, it's been just, just a, a real pleasure to, to reconnect with you and to, um, to hear uh, a little bit more in depth about all the things that you do. I, I know our listeners are, are um, uh, gonna be encouraged to check out more of the things that, that you're doing, uh, both the, the radio shows and uh, the LACMA concerts. Um, I, uh, I personally look forward to uh, the reopening of your school program so that um, I can come back in as part of your blues yeah. trio or your jazz trio. It's, uh, um, I, I, I can attest, you know, I've, I've done a lot of performing in my life and the audiences of those little kids, this is the best audience Amazing. ever. I mean, they are there listening and they pick, if, if you do something that is not a mistake, but boy, they're paying attention to any deviation you do. And you know, with most audiences, you get away with anything. You can't get away with anything with these kids. And it's, it's, it's really a, it's a, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic thing. So, uh, well, Mitch, I, I, once again, I just want to thank you for taking the time to uh, share what you're doing. And uh, I, uh, I really look forward to the resumption of, uh, of full Mitch Glickman here when- uh, Yeah, listen for all of us. And Tom, one of the cool things that you've been doing lately, which has been great, I know on an education level and an investment level is really helping musicians on the financial end of things, learning how to deal with retirement. Listen, as freelance musicians, that ain't first on the list of things that we're working on. I know you do work in the schools, trying to educate musicians. And it's really not just musicians, it's for everybody, but that's the nice niche that you took to say, hey, savings are important, investments are important. So it's been really great to see you kind of combine these two things and really help the music community like you've been doing. Thanks, Mitch, I appreciate that. For all of you listening at home, uh, uh, we will uh, put up at the end of this video, we'll put up all the contact information for uh, how you can 
participate in any of the things that Mitch is doing, um, both websites and addresses and that kind of thing. And uh, we encourage you to uh, check out everything he's doing because I, I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. So um, thanks for watching, everybody. Mitch, thanks for participating here. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, again in the near future here. Well, that's it for today's broadcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you'll come back for more. We've got some really great guests lined up, and we'll be sure to let you know when the episodes are available. Thanks again for watching.